Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, folks. Anthony Correo, JR Rochford, taking a break from our day to day as financial advisors with. Rochford and Associates, fully independent, fourth generation family practice right here in the greater Phoenix area. To bring you financial news you may not find on those other radio stations, we're aware the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. Yeah, you took a great time to like, oh, I'm going to start sipping my coffee now. Well, you didn't turn it over to me yet. Usually you let me know and it's my turn to come out of my little cubicle and say a few words to the audience. If anything, that's my only time to talk is right now. And then you just bulldoze your way in and then maybe I'll get my two cents in later towards the end. Wow. Is this what we're doing today? Is this is this how <laughs> we're going to handle each other today? So well, we were uh, just on Channel 7's AZ Daily Mix yesterday. And I feel like I did way more talking than I get on the, the radio show. It was actually nice. It was actually very good. You are you are getting very, very smooth in front of an audience. And the, the person that hosted us, Lexi Romano. Wow, good job on making us not nervous. And that is that is a dynamite woman. So that was super fun. Yeah, we'll put out clips soon. And hopefully people will like to watch us. Yeah, anyway, nice. so, we don't know when, uh, you know, we recorded yesterday, but we're unsure when it'll air. We'll let you know so you guys can see our, our beautiful faces. Um, yes, and actually, I, that's a terrible idea. Forget we're going to scrub all of this. Jim edited out. We don't want anybody to see our faces. Yeah, we are not good looking. A lot of times when people meet us, they're like, oh, oh, okay. That's why you're on the radio. We get it. So as usual, we have a lot to cover. <laughs> Another day, a lot to do. You know, our whole thing with this show, we want you prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. We say it all the time. You know, when I listen to the shows, when I go back and I listen to what we were saying a year ago, this could very easily be construed as fear mongering. You know, I mean, I, I watch a lot of YouTube people and it's like, you know, I mean, you're saying all this stuff. It's like, why are you trying to get people scared? You know, the thing is, and, and we definitely have a financial approach with this show. We are financial guys. That's, you know, when people say that we make it political, not unless it comes to finances, we don't. I mean, this whole thing is about current events and how they may affect your finances. That is true, but we're not a political show. Anyway, back to fear-mongering. The difference <laughs> between what we're trying to bring to you and fear-mongering, we want you to be proactive with your money. Very few people are proactive with their money. If we tell you all these things that are going on and they don't come to fruition, you know what? Hopefully you find this show entertaining. Hopefully you, you are more awake than you were before you heard the show. So the worst thing we can do is hopefully, you know, give you something to talk about. But the best thing we can do is have you not surprised when things get here. Notice I didn't say if things get here. I am very <laughs> sure that we are on the right track. 
with everything being amiss. And today's episode is going to give you a few more examples on why I think you should be awake, be aware, and be nimble when it comes to your money, when it comes to your politics, do your thing. You know, we I, I heard last week that somebody was saying, you know, it, it got back to me that they were saying, well, the show's a little bit too political. And I really, I mean, I, you know, obviously we all have our own political beliefs, but I, when I listen to the shows, I'm very in tune to that, that I make sure it has to do with money. You know what? Guess what? What politics affect? They affect our money. So I always try to separate the two, but you know, I can see where there is a little bit of a, I can see where it can bleed over here. But with that said, so we had a very busy week. We're starting to have people call in a little bit more. We're starting to have people sit down with us. So this radio show, it's about sounding alarms. I hope it's never come across as a sales tool, but we're getting the opportunity to sit with people so we can sound alarms and still one person, one couple, one family at a time, we can better their situation. That's what we want to do. And, you know, Anthony, you know this, there are a lot of people that come in to see us and we don't help them. We give them ideas on how to go to their own advisor if they have one and ask questions. We know the questions to ask. We had a couple in this week, wonderful couple. It's it's the third time that they've been in the office. And over the years, they've had products. I believe they've never had a plan. So what we're doing for them is we're taking their existing products and we're talking about how to work that into a laddered out lifelong plan. All the word laddered out means to me, we need to make sure you have some cash at home, some cash in the bank to make sure you can cover your bills. We need to make sure your income is such that you get by. We need to make sure you address short-term needs like an emergency fund, mid-term needs like a vacation next year, and long-term needs. We have to make sure you have a plan to address a potential long-term care insurance need. We need to make sure you never run out of money. What's the number one concern of retirees? It is not political, whether Biden or Trump's going to be in office in 2025, who gives a crap. You know what it is? I don't want to run out of money. I want to know what's going on in my house. So that's what we help people with. And by the way, these people, they have a little bit of a built-in mistrust for financial advisors because they've said basically they haven't gotten the service they've been promised. They, they haven't really felt like somebody's taking care of them. I'm hoping we are going to turn that around. And I don't care if it takes three more appointments or if we never manage any money ourselves. I don't care. We want them to know there are people out there that care. So that's what our office is about. Now, can I get into all my doom and gloom and fear mongering and negativity and the world's going to end? Is it time for that? We've all been waiting for. Please do. Excellent. Well, and I'm back from Snowflake. I, If you heard the show last week, I do apologize about the dogs barking when the propane delivery driver arrived. You know, it's it's on the show. You know, we, we have the option to go downtown, go into the Salem studio and do the show. Lisa offered that to us a long time ago. But we can do these from our home offices. My home office up in Snowflake, <laughs> it's not exactly insulated. So it, it could get a little bit noisy. But you know what? Unlike all of the other financial shows you've heard, we are different. We are a small family practice and we have dogs and you got to hear from them. So I apologize, but I want you to know we are not in a fancy studio with, you know, the, the eggshells all over the ceiling and the soundproof rooms. Well, yeah, but no, you're a lot more professional than I am. Yeah. You're more professional looking. By the way, you know, one last thing about the TV show yesterday. So Lexi commented on the fact 
you know, she, she was like, this is nice. You guys look casual. We show up with our Rochford Associates polo shirts and a pair of khakis. And she was like, I like that. It's like, well, you know, one of the things that anybody that's met us, I have kind of long hair. That's a newer update. It's only been about a year now, but I have longer hair. And we were, unless we have to go downtown, you know, to a high rise building, we're not wearing a suit every day. You know, you, you can get a financial advisor with a black suit, white shirt, red tie, highly polished shoes, probably don't give a crap about your money. They just give a crap more about sales and keeping you. We are a little bit different. So you, you kind of have to accept us for how we are. And hopefully that's, you know, people overcome our look and they like us. Have you ever heard that commercial, Anthony, for the anti-lawyer lawyer? The commercial where the dude rips the sleeves off. Great commercial. It's a fantastic message. I I, I don't want to steal that. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how far to go with this, but I've always looked at it like we are the anti-financial advisor advisors, but we are honest as days long. You remember when we went to a networking group and two women came in and introduced themselves and they looked at you and said, well, what, what do you do? And you said, I'm a financial advisor. She said, you don't look like one. <laughs> I thought that was the greatest thing ever. You were wearing a hoodie over your polo shirt. And it's like, yeah, oh, it was yeah, cold. You were cold. Yeah. Well, you didn't look like a financial advisor, which is actually a compliment to us. So back to me getting into the negativity. Let's go to New York first. How about that? You know, I like to travel. You know, where was it? I'm usually in Ukraine. My thoughts are with Ukraine a lot. But today I want to go to New York for a minute because, as you know, when I started working on the show yesterday, I found a couple articles about New York. And I'm like, is New York still in the United States of America? I guess that's my main question. You know how some, I think Texas and some states talk about seceding from the, the union. I think we should do like a reverse. I think we should push New York out of the country. Is there any way to vote, like have the rest of the country vote California and New York off the island? Is that is that? I don't know. I love vote? New York. I go out there. You love New York? I love New York too. But you know what? I love Seinfeld. <laughs> I love New York. Well. And I love Chicago. I'm born and raised in Chicago. I lived there for 23 years. And I, and I love the idea. I love the Miracle Mile and Michigan Avenue. And I love the lights at Christmas time. I love St. Patrick's Day with the Green River. There's so much to love. But you know what? I don't want to get shot and killed either. So I don't want to go to Chirac for vacation anymore. Anyway, back to New York. So the article, I guess I'll start with the, the most mild one. Apparently, there are a bunch of fires in Canada. And the air, the bad air is wafting down. It's going everywhere, not just New York, but I just, the article I first read was New York, but it's going into North Carolina, South Carolina, some Midwestern states. But New York, you know, Mayor Adams is saying, if you have any kind of asthma or breathing problems, get yourself inside, stay indoors. You know, this is getting bad. And then the next article I read, which then I got to follow up. Uh, If you ever been on YouTube and seen Salty Cracker, if you're not, you know, if you don't mind bad language, please check out Salty Cracker. Talk about an amazing mind. Anyway, so he, the next story he's talking about too, it's about vending machines in New York City that vend crack pipes. You want me to pause for effect? Jim, can you put in any kind of cricket sound effects? You want me to repeat it? Crack pipe vending machines in New York City. And I thought, well, you know, Washington, Oregon, there's other states that have been trying to you know, decriminalize hard drugs and kind of help people so they're safer. I I, I don't know. I, vending machines. I guess if I was curious about crack, maybe the vending machine would help me dip my toe. I mean, I think, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, when it comes to the second amendment, they want to get rid of all guns because, you know, guns are bad. But when it comes to drugs, which are also illegal, they're going to give me paraphernalia 
to try crack? I, I don't buy it. Well, how, Jer, I ask, can you tie that into finances? Who's paying for the vending machines? Who's paying for the contents of the vending machines? Whose dollars are buying crack pipes and vending machines? Taxpayers, right? I mean, so, well, wait, that's New York's problem. I live in Arizona. What do I care about New York spending their tax dollars on crack pipes? You know what I care? You know where New York gets their money? A lot of their money? Federal dollars. You know who's taking money out of my paychecks? The federal people. So I, I have some skin in the game. From Arizona, I don't like New York that you're buying crack pipes. And I also think what is wrong with this country that we're slipping into such disrepair. With that well, it's said, fine the- now because they raised the debt ceiling with no limits for the next two years. So <laughs> really? we've given up on trying to be responsible. So all of this, uh, it's all free. What are you talking about? All right, you segued way early. You kind of, you, you popped off a bit early on that one because we are going to touch on the debt ceiling, but good job. Well, we go in. back to it. Yeah, there's tons go of money. The, the unlimited debt ceiling from now until the beginning of 2025. Hang on kids because they, they can buy a lot of crack pipes. <laughs> so The third article is the one that really, this one really stumps me. This one slows me down and disturbs me. This is from June 5th, which was Monday. We record this on a Wednesday. Today, by the way, is June 7th, in case I mention interest rates or whatnot. So on Monday, I read this. Eric Adams suggests housing illegal immigrants in private homes. I'm going to read that again. I know, Anthony, you don't like me reading to people, but you have to do some research. You have to start seeing the direction that our country's on. Eric Adams suggests housing illegal immigrants in private homes. New York City Mayor Eric Adams proposed his vision to house illegal immigrants in faith-based locales and private residences on Monday. Okay, faith-based, I presume that's a church. That's my guess. No problem. No problem with that. Although churches are 501c3s, so they're, you know, tax efficient. So they use that advantage and they're housing people that are here illegally. I, I love housing veterans and people that, that you know, I mean, we're cleaning up the, the big homeless encampment in Phoenix, put them in churches. I love the idea. But this man actually said these words out loud. I've got two different articles that, that say that I'm on the right track. Okay. There are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges, Adams said. They have spare rooms. They have locales. So all that means to me, you know, my first thought is this is going to be optional. I really hope we, you know, look at history. I hope we never go the way of Germany and the government goes from, we want to have you help your kindred spirit to you are going to take in a roommate because that will be obviously the end of this country, but we're... What what amendment is that? The no courting? Quartering? Quartering No quartering. Uh, Sounds sounds great. I mean, whatever it is, it's like the government coming out any level, municipality, city, federal, and saying that we might want you to house an illegal. And by the way, when, when they're saying the... When they're tying in the economic problems... What they're saying right now, as I continue here, it's saying, <laughs> it's saying we can take $4.3 billion that we have to spend. I believe they're looking at COVID money. I think we still have COVID money. There, if you take in an illegal immigrant into your home, they're going to give you a stipend. They're going to pay you. Well, I, my question is, if they're going to pay you, Let's see here. What are what numbers are we looking at? The city has has helped support at least seventy two thousand immigrants. That's a lot of people, by the way, and over forty six thousand still remain under the care of the city. 
according to the statement from the governor office. So 46,000 people are still being paid that are here. Uh, let me read one more line and then I'll, I'll summarize my thoughts on this. The city has already spent more than $1.2 billion on the crisis this fiscal year alone and is projected to spend more than 4.3 by the end of June 2024. Yet the federal government has only allocated New York City less than 40 million. All right, 40 million. 40 million. And they're talking billions? Yeah, and they're talking about 4 billion. Enough to pay for only five days of asylum seeker costs at current rate of spending. All right. So we have millions. We want to spend billions. We want to put somebody in your house and pay you a stipend to do it. When the money runs out, what happens next? Are, am I going to kick out the immigrant that's in my house? What if they say I'm not leaving? What if we have any kind of a physical assault? Where, where does this lead? So I just think it's absolutely dangerous. I think, you know, I think if you're letting people in the country, you, you have to be willing to take care of them. Well, we are 30, what, what is it? 31.7 or some ridiculous thing, trillion in the hole. So sooner or later, we're going to have to start taking care of ourselves and not everybody else, but that's just me again. So anyway, so, and, and I, and I guess this is probably the scariest article I've read yet on, and it, absolutely it ties to money. Cause again, just like the crack pipes, well, it's New York taxpayer money. Well, you know, the federal government gives money to New York and so do I give money to the federal government. But the thing is, if you have a representative of the people saying you should take somebody in your home that's here illegally, we that's a very, very dangerous slope. And you know what the first step of getting people to do something is? Getting them used to the idea. You're going to have a bunch of people that go, that's a great idea. Good, caring, compassionate people are going to say that's a good idea. I just don't know how it ends. I don't know how all this ends. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many things. I don't know how they end, but you know what? I don't really think any of them end good for our country. And I realize we were never the Brady Bunch. We were never Mayberry. I know that there's always been stuff to worry about. There's always been problems. We, it, the direction we're going, we are in such uncharted territory. So, and what do I want people to do about it? I mean, you know, if you've got unlimited wealth, Let's talk to you about your planning to get yourself to Belize or Aruba or another country. If you have more modest wealth, let's talk to you about being able to sustain yourself so you don't have to take any government dollars to have somebody come and stay in your guest bedroom. Let's, if there's a market you know, snag, if the housing market cools off and then goes the other way, if the stock market crashes, if we change our currency to some form of unicoin or other digital currency. We want to make sure you've done everything you can to help yourself. So, whoo, I'm, I'm, what, what do you always say? I'm on one today. There you <laughs> go. Just, yeah. And, and I know that that is a, that article is very much crossover between political, social, financial. It's all kinds of stuff. But to me, it's very important because it's the first time I've ever read that we might actually have to start commingling as a nation. Well, it's just the the government spending more money. I mean, you said that the federal government gave them forty million, and they're spending in the billions. Like somebody's yeah. got to cover that cost. Yes, but what I are mean, they gonna do? The, and I think it's going to be tempting for a lot of people too. I think there's yes. so many people that are barely getting by because wages haven't kept up with inflation. Yes. Wages haven't kept up with anything yet these CEOs are making billions and billions of dollars and then they're 
getting bailed out when they make terrible choices because we have to bail out these companies that are hiring people at, you know, minimum wage and they can't get by, but it's, you know, but it's the people's fault, not the companies. And then the company gets bailed out for making poor choices. And then yes. they're going to go back to continuing hiring people that can't afford to live. And then they're going to give their CEOs millions of dollars and uh, bonuses. Sounds it's like happened. a broken system. Yeah. You know, Warren Buffett years and years ago basically came out and said that his secretary pays more in taxes than he did. I remember the year that GE didn't pay any taxes, but I know Rochford and Associates conveniently located on 98th Avenue and Bell in beautiful Sun City. We pay taxes. We pay taxes every year. Speaking <laughs> of taxes, though, because we had this I had this conversation recently this week and we've had it multiple times since I've been in the office, you know, quite a bit. But when we're talking about, you know, market being at all time highs and we have listeners reach out and you even before the radio show, like, you know, I'm really worried. I want to get out of the market, but I'm in a non-qualified brokerage account. And if I sell, I'm going to have to pay gains. I'm going to have to pay taxes if I sell. I don't want to pay taxes. Well, your choices are easy. Uh, just lose money. If you lose money, you don't have to worry about taxes. So... It's such a strange mindset how fearful people are of taxes, but paying taxes mean you earned money. You have the privilege to pay taxes if you don't want to lose money. It's really that simple, but it's a conversation we have over and over and over again, but we're trained to be so fearful of taxes. I don't want to pay taxes. I don't like taxes at all. That's why we talk about Roth conversions. You know, you get people with their million dollars in a traditional IRA or old 401k. Do you have a million dollars? No, because you agreed to allow all of that to be taxable. And that's, I see that more often than we should people in retirement, so fearful to use their own money because of the tax implications. Well, if you're that fearful of taxes, don't fund an IRA. You can fund a Roth. Don't fund a traditional IRA. Don't fund a 401k if you don't want to pay taxes. You're agreeing to pay taxes on all of it down the line. And a couple heard. thoughts, a couple thoughts on that. One, the people that are high income earners that complain too much about what they pay in taxes, you have choices too. If you're making six figures doing whatever, you're a mortgage lender, you're whatever, and you're making big money, quit. You don't like those taxes, quit. Go to Walmart where you're making $17 an hour. Go to McDonald's where you're flipping burgers for 15 bucks an hour or whatever. And then you're good. Your tax problem is going to go away pretty substantially. So good. I got solutions. You know what the other thing is with taxes? Guess what? Taxes are low right now. Taxes, the political ramification of taxes. There's a sunset provision in 2025. Oddly enough, when we hit the debt ceiling again or whatever the heck is going to go on with that. So taxes are going to go up. Bernie Sanders is still in the White House working on Medicare for all. His little chair and his little mittens, he's still there. Ooh, that sounded political, didn't it? I don't care about Bernie Sanders. I don't care if he's on the right or left. I do care that he is going to raise my taxes. So taxes are going up as soon as 2025. And we're finally starting to hear people talking about Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. And how are we going to save them? Three-prong approach. We're going to raise the age of when you can apply. You think right now it's 62 if you need the money, or at 66 in 10 months or whatever, if you want full retirement age, or at 70, if you want to maximize your, your income. Well, guess what? They're going to come across and they're going to say, you know, and this is my opinion. I don't have proof of this. They're going to come out and say, it's going to be 70 across the board or 75 because we're all in this together as usual. 
And then they're going to raise what you younger workers have to pay into it. Right now it's what, six and a half percent. You're part of it. They're going to raise that to 12 and a half or whatever percent. And then it's not going to be enough. And then they're going to lower the benefit for my poor fixed income clients in Sun City that are on a true fixed income. They're going to, they're going to lower their benefit. They're already talking about 23%. Devastating. That's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And you know what? The whole thing with taxes, we have solutions for that too. You said them, Anthony, we can help you with a Roth conversion. Pay taxes each year you know, for on a smaller amount now while you're in a lower tax bracket. We can help you with life insurance planning. You can use life insurance to help your tax planning. There's ideas out there for you. So we can help you if you wish. Anyway, moving on from taxes, we have a couple minutes left. I want to start a, a topic and then tease you a little bit and then we'll get into a break. So the stock market, <laughs> the stock market, you know, the last few weeks, there's been some cracks in it. And I, and I think about the stock market. Let's, you know, first of all, we've been telling you for a while, the Dow Jones industrial average, there, there's three averages that people know the best. They know the Dow Jones, they know the NASDAQ, and they know the S&P 500. There are others. There is the Russell 2000 and some others, but the Dow Jones NASDAQ and S&P 500 are the main ones. The Dow Jones industrial average is 30 companies. Most people would not have a clue that that's the case. 30 companies make up the Dow. They don't call them companies because these people that do all this are super smart. They call them components, (laughs) The, the components of the Dow. And if those components, companies, if they underperform, the, the masters, the puppet masters take out the company and put a new one in that does perform. So after the break, we're going to talk to you today a little bit about the S&P 500, which is a more fair representation of our country and our world. But we may have some information to you that it's not so fair after all. So with that said, if you would like to sit down with us, if you'd like to ask us a question, if you'd like to give us a topic for next week, we, you know, we love to hear ourselves talk. Well, mostly Anthony, we love to hear ourselves talk. We would like to talk about what you want to hear. So reach out to us. You can find us at 623-523-0444, or email us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Do help us. We're a little fish in a big pond. Follow our YouTube channel. Doug is doing an amazing job. We're about to hit a thousand views on one of the clips he put out there for, uh, and I know Joe Rogan's like, (laughs) you know, Joe Rogan, but for us, this is huge. And we appreciate that you're helping us grow. So we appreciate it. We will be back in a moment and we're going to get into the S and P 500 and why it's fully, you know what? Do you think I'm such a fool to believe everything you say? At Rochford and Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path. And the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 
523-0444. Rochford and Associates, veteran-owned and proud to serve Americans like you. Remember, all of JR and Anthony's listeners receive a free financial consultation just for listening to the show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com to learn more and schedule an appointment. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. I'm JR and I'm with Anthony and Jim, our producer extraordinaire. We are, as usual, having a great time <laughs> sounding alarms and helping people wake up a little bit to what's going on around you. You know, we when we went into the break, I was talking about the S&P 500. My whole thing is, I mean, I, I don't sleep well. I'm on YouTube. I'm watching regular TV to see what other people are seeing. I'm on YouTube all the time looking for videos. I hope that I'm bringing you information that you need. Last night was a good night for me because it, it kind of went financial more than usual. A lot of what I'm finding is more social. It's more political. It's a little bit less financial. You know, you, you get 90% of the people that say we're still going to go into a recession. There's not going to be a soft landing. You know, you get 10% of people that say we're about to have a huge stock market melt up. So I read a few articles this the first one I want to talk about, it's basically saying that because of the debt ceiling, that we're going to be okay now. And the stock market rejoiced, like last Friday, when the when the uh, Dow was up 700 points, those 30 companies, by the way, up 700 points. The Dow Jones, the markets, they're celebrating that we didn't default. First of all, if we would have defaulted, we would have gone from triple A rated paper to double A. So I think this country should be at C or D. We are broke and there's no sign of slowing down our brokenness. So I think <laughs> that that default was kind of a little bit of a sham anyway. But, you know, it's it's a scare. Talk about fear mongering. That's what the rating agencies do. But so the markets like the fact that we are continuing on the demise of our financial state in this country. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's free money. What well, uh, I heard this term in 2020, and I didn't really understand the full effects of it then, but it was, you can't fight the Fed. So if the Fed is just going to dish out all of this free money, these large corporations are going to take advantage of it, and it's going to skyrocket their stock prices. I feel like this is kind of that same thing. You're now allowing companies to take risks because the government will bail them out again. They well, can the do whatever they want to raise their stock prices, regardless of whether or not it betters the company. Of course, their only thoughts are, you know, build up share prices and then it can screw everybody else as individuals. Um, and if it ever hurts the companies, they're too big to fail. So government no, will bail them out. They're not. They're not. They're starting to fail in droves. And and I appreciate what you're saying. That's how it's been for decades. I mean, the, these too big to fail. Well, yeah, you prop them up when they don't succeed. But that that's breaking too. I'm probably not going to get to this article because it's not as important. But I, I've got one here from Party City to Bed Bath and Beyond. Bankruptcies just hit their highest level since the Great Recession. So there's all this free money flowing around. Yet Jeez. it says here, corporate bankruptcies just hit their highest level since 2010. This year's bankruptcies include Party City. Serta Simmons and the parent, parent. This one's interesting. The parent of Silicon Valley Bank. I'm going to dig into that one later and see what's going on there because that ties in to our wheelhouse. 
So yeah, who does it say the parent is? I, I don't or know. It doesn't. It doesn't say who that is. And I, and again, let me move on from this article. But it says here there were fifty four corporate bankruptcies in the U.S. in May, bringing this year's total to two hundred eighty six. And I just read you a couple of big names. I mean, there there there's a lot of big companies that are starting to have trouble. Yes, I realize there are still supply issues. I realize we are laying off people in droves. I realize <laughs> that inflation is hurting, you know, but th th at 286 companies, I mean, that, that's crazy. And my whole thing too, with these bankruptcies, if they're failing now, when there's all this free money, if they're failing now, will it get worse or better? We're always trying to manage the money into the future without a crystal ball. And I, I just, I think what you're saying has worked for decades, Anthony, but I think even that is at the end of its run. I think we're going to well, wind up with Costco and Amazon being our choices. I think it is going to be, yeah, no, you're, that makes sense. Because I mean, where the market shares are still growing as a whole, it's just being consolidated. You know, we're not getting rid of uh, monopolies anymore like we're used to. We're encouraging them again and we're yeah. seeing, so, you know, I don't think you've mentioned this from this article, but you're getting to that point that the S&P 500, a quarter of that value comes from eight companies. So it's 500 companies look up the S&P 500 or, you know, approximately, I think it was 505 last time I checked. The market value of these 500 companies is about 80% of the whole market value period. So it's a good um, broad example of what the market is doing yet. Of those 500 companies and of, you know, 80% of the market, 25% of that is made up by eight, nine, 10 companies. I don't remember what the article is, but it was a very, very small amount. Well, so I know you are not all a... of our wealth into one area. I know you're not a fan of this, but I'm going to back you up with reading a hair from this article. It supposedly tracks the 500 biggest companies on the U.S. stock market. It is the standard benchmark for equities. See, I usually think more, more people ask about the Dow Jones than this, but I can see where this is the underlying major index. If you are invested in the stock market, especially through mutual funds or exchange traded funds, your portfolio is almost certainly tracking the S&P 500 either directly or indirectly. And I continue, Apple alone now accounts for nearly 8% of the S&P 500 by stock market value. That is more than the bottom 200 companies in the index in aggregate. Put another way, if you invest in a typical U.S. large cap mutual fund, you are betting more of your money on Apple alone than you are on such household names as Walgreens, Darden Restaurants, Ruth's Chris, Longhorn Steakhouse, Royal Caribbean, geez, this keeps going, Kellogg, Campbell Soup, J.M. Smucker, Casino Giants, such as MGM International, Las Vegas Sands, Caesars Entertainment, and Wynn, Alcoholic Beverage Makers, Molson Coors, Brown Foreman, and perhaps best known for Jack Daniels, uh, Toy Giant Hasbro, I could keep reading, this keeps going, United Airlines, Southwest Airlines, put together. Did you hear that? All those companies I just read, those put together are less impactful on your 401k money that's tied to the S&P than just Apple. Let's see here. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't need to go further. I mean, that's the main part of this. So if you think you're diversified because you got away from the Dow and went to the S&P 500, bad news. You know, we, we're getting a little bit of proof that, that just a handful of companies are floating that bad boy. By the way, the, the NASDAQ, what a great year we're having. 2022 was not a great year for the markets, but, you know, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, they're in bull territory again. It's like, you know, and I meant to start with a different article that talks about a melt up. And this, this thing, you know, that, that S&P 500 being so distorted is problematic, but are we going to have another six months or a year or until January of 2025 when the debt ceiling is a problem again? Are, are we going to have the stocks go up? Are we going to have mean, another bull a, run? That's a real possibility though. I mean, I think about that with the managed money cases that we do. Cause you know, we've been telling you people we've kept a lot in cash waiting for opportunities. But if the government, again, limitless spending, maybe, you know, maybe this is the time again. This is why this job is so complicated because none yeah. of this stuff makes sense. It absolutely should not be going up. And especially, and it's not even just going up. It's going up at the rate it's going up. In the dot-com bubble, the market was at, you know, one level. It reached almost that same level in 2008 with the housing crash. Since then, it's more than doubled, but things haven't gotten exponentially better. Things have almost gotten exponentially worse. It was interest rates. It was 15 years of 0% interest. Of course, not you and I, you know, our credit cards are 20% and our home loans, you know, up until the very recent future were 5 6%. Personal loans were 10%. Yet they're borrowing money at 0% essentially from the Fed, turning and reinvesting that into their stock prices, stock buyback, stock repurchasing, something we refer to a lot on this show. It's a money funnel. You know, that Jeff Bezos clip, I love playing. It's been a while, but we're not going to play it now. But there's an interview from him. I don't know, it was the early 2000s. You know, uh, Amazon went from like $100 a share to like $9 a share. He's being interviewed. And he's like, well, are you worried? And Bezos says, no, you know, the company's strong. Here are numbers. This is what we're doing. We're expanding. The, the stock is the stock and the company is the company. Just like the economy, how people are living their day to day has no reflection of what the stock market does. Stock market, like any other Ponzi scheme, is you pump money into it, it's going to win. It's going to go up. But where does that money come from? Because we are seeing all these reports about debts at all time highs. People aren't making money. They're getting laid off again. So you, I... JR, everybody listening to this show, you know, we're not these people. We're not these large corporations with all of this money. So it's coming from somewhere and going somewhere else, but it's completely bypassing individuals. Individuals in this country are struggling, but these large corporations aren't. And the stock prices show that. And it just, it doesn't make any sense to us. No, it doesn't. And you know what? Like this article, it says the stock market's fear gauge just hits lowest level in three years as a new bull market kicks off. This was on my main like MSN feed. Wall Street's fear gauge fell, blah, blah, blah. The decline in the VIX suggests that the stock market has entered a regime of low volatility following the bear market of 2022. So in 2022 it was kind of ugly for people. Let's see here. The S&P 500 is also on the verge of kicking off a new bull, new bull market, sitting less than a half 
of a percentage point away from closing above 4292, which is the threshold that would mark the bullish milestone. Yeah, whatever, la la la. So I, I, my question from 2022, you know, when it was kind of a crappy year to now, what changed? What got better? Are you kidding me? The VIX? I mean, how on earth are people not getting more worried? I mean, I, I don't get it. You know, everybody thinks the debt ceiling is a good thing. I, I was saying, rip the bandaid off. I want to fix this country. If you have a toaster, do people still have toasters? And it's broken. You do one of two things. You fix it or you throw it the hell away and you buy a new one. Are we ready to throw the country away and have a new one? which we're transforming into rapidly, no matter what we do. Uh, fix it, fix it, fix the financial problem. Flush the toilet, get these politicians out of office, start over. We, we got to make some changes. How, how do we handle people in our office? We are pretty counter to main, main advice for financial advisors. You know, one example, and by the way, my grandfather, you know, he used to say, buy low, sell high. He used to say, save more than you spend. You know, he was he was around in the world before there were high-frequency trading computers. He was around before Arthur Anderson had accounting practice scandals and everybody was so crooked and there was all this manipulation. And he was around when he had stocks at Sears and Montgomery Ward and JCPenney and stuff that I don't think you can buy. Now you can buy a bunch of marijuana stocks. So things are changing. But anyway, he used to say, there's no magic here. You are supposed to follow some rules, but grandpa, what if all the rules changed around you? You have to adapt. And by the way, when I say we're counter, you know, what, what do I say to Anthony all the time? You know, people that these advisors that are out there, they're like, you should buy the dips. You should buy the dips. When the market has a bad day, you should buy. Where, where are the same advisors saying you should sell the peaks? When you just had a 15 year run up in your 401k, why aren't you taking some of that money off the table? Why aren't you taking some of that? Capture your gains. Like you're in Las Vegas. You bring $1,000. You're up to 2000 Put one of those thousands in your pocket. Play on house money. Then you're going to win as a gambler. So I, I don't know. I always think you should sell the peaks just as much as you should buy the dips. That always ties in also to me. Another thing that I say, you know, if we have another bear market, if this article's wrong and we don't have this amazing next year and a half melt up, if, if they're wrong and, you know, we get attacked by Russia or China or whatever, or something goes wrong, if we have a market decline, I mean, I, you know, people that say, oh, it's only a paper loss. As long as you don't panic and sell and you don't lock in your, your losses, you're fine. Where are the same advisors now? Friday was a great day in the Dow. The advisors should be like, it's only a paper gain. It's not real unless you capture it. You're telling me my loss isn't real unless I lock it in. Why don't you get smart and tell me my gain isn't real until I lock it in? Pull some of that money out of your account. No, but pay then you have taxes. to pay taxes on it. Yeah, pay some taxes. Do it now <laughs> while they're lower. And you know what the other thing is? Pay taxes over the years instead of all at once later because they're going to be higher. And you know what the other thing? You have options. I think you should buy some guns and ammo, food and water, alcohol and tobacco. I think you should buy some hard assets. I think you should pay down debt. Knock out that credit card debt while it's up to 23%. You know, you, have other, you can buy cryptocurrencies. Although I did read last night that Coinbase and Binance have now <laughs> become unregulated securities. Remember about a month ago, Anthony, we talked about that. We're like, yep. the government is going after you. Ethereum, Ripple, XRT, Bitcoin, all you things, they're going after you. They're going to go real slow going after Bitcoin because that is globally accepted in certain places. Although you can't take it out and use it at Walmart or 
you know. And, well, and, uh, do you know why? Why, why they're what? finally coming after it? We've said this so many times. We've said this since the, the show began over a year ago. We said they don't care what happens with cryptocurrency because they're not ready to release their own. Well, we've got Fed now. They're releasing the platform. They've actively said that they're working on a cryptocurrency. Even people say that, you know, no, they're not. We're never going to a digit. They're, they're telling you they are. So whether you want to believe it or not. But this shows that we're getting closer for them to release them because they're not going to allow for competition when they have their own dollar. They did not care about Bitcoin five years ago, a couple years ago, 10 years ago, because they it was just letting people gamble. They didn't care. It wasn't for them. But now that it's going to be a competitor, they're going to scrutinize anything that is not their currency. Yes. We have told you that when the time is right, things are going to change. They are changing rapidly. Do you realize we're only three weeks away from Fed now being fully launched? When's the last time anybody mentioned in your happy hours or your workplace Fed now? When's the last time somebody said to you, you should look up Executive Order 14067? When did they talk to you about Unicoin? You know, I mean, I've been telling realtors, you know, you better dust up your manual for foreclosures and short sales because, you know, things don't stay the same. They cycle. And I think that's going to be a problem. Oh my gosh. This thing with unregulated security. What, and I understand what you're saying. They don't like competition. So they've got to hurt this. So people lose money and they get out because we all know my grandfather, you know, people don't have the stomach or discipline to do what's smart buy low, sell high. They buy high, sell low. That's what we do. That's why Anthony, you and I are blessed. We'll always have a job because people cannot have the stomach and discipline to do the right things at any given time with their money. In general, there, of course, that's a sweeping generalization. There's always smart people, but the masses, probably 80%, they don't get this stuff. When it's going up, they buy it. When Bitcoin literally hit $68,000 a coin, they wanted it. When it was down to 23,000, they don't want it. It's like, what? What? I don't get it. And by the way, you've talked about it before, tulips and beanie babies. So when the government says it's an unregulated security, they're implying it's money, a security money. Like it's not money. It is a beanie baby. It is a tulip. You don't have anything. Come into our office and bring your Bitcoins. I know they're <laughs> beautiful and shiny. We've seen the gold representations. I even have a few that I got from, shout out to my neighbor up north, Kristen. He gave me a handful of plastic Bitcoins. They're beautiful. I want to see your real ones. I want somebody to come in with one Bitcoin and show it to me. They don't have any. There's no such thing. It's like, you can't go, you can't go out to dinner. And pay with Bitcoin. We've tried, Anthony. We've given servers a little bit of a of a hard time with that. Servers that talk about how they're into crypto. We're like, good, because that's what we want to pay our meal with. Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, okay. What do I do with it? Anyway, so and I'll get off that. I just I just think it's odd that everything we've been saying to you is coming at us like a freight train. Speaking of freight trains, <laughs> are they still derailing? Or more crashes. Did we ever find that? you know, fertilizer. What are, what are we doing with trains? What happened with the railroad strike? Is that still a thing? We have the attention span of a gnat in this country. So what if it all comes at once? That's going to be, that's going to be crazy. <sighs> I need to breathe. Uh, mortgage rates. I saw this morning, mortgage rates are now at 6.81%. And I thought, well, that's pretty good because how they framed the story was that mortgage rates are coming down. They're back down under seven. So that's good news. Oh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's facing a $150 million lawsuit. Remember when he advertised for the timeshare exit team? Yeah, I remember Apparently that. that was a scam. 
That oh, yeah. was with Sam. And they're basically saying that that Dave kind of hid some of what he knew. They're saying that, yeah, he he should have known. They're saying that he touted a company that wasn't really so legitimate. $150 million. That's that's a lot yeah. of money. You know, we, we talk about trillions, you know, we talk about Ukraine money, which is billions. So it probably doesn't sound like a lot. It's a lot of well, money. Luckily, he's out of debt, so it shouldn't hurt him too bad. He's doing all right. He can add one more church for Financial Peace University. He can buy another building. No, he's doing all right. You know, and the funny thing is, I'm not slamming Dave Ramsey. Don't get me wrong. I have very much mixed emotions on Dave Ramsey. I know he's listening to us. So hang out there with me, Dave. Listen to me fully. So Dave Ramsey is probably the best thing that has happened to financial matters in this country. And I mean that literally because he's taken young people, people that need to be fed to common sense and telling them you're going to eat rice and beans. You're only going to see the inside of a restaurant if you work in it. You know, the paid off mortgage is the new BMW. He's a genius. He's getting the common folk to make some smart financial decisions. I love that. What I don't love is, and I know he's filed bankruptcy personally. He's had a, he's had a story. I don't love the fact that he is basically just telling people the old buy and hold strategy with a good S&P 500 fund. It's like, well, you know, today you learned that that's, you know, 8% of your portfolio is Apple if you do that. But he's not a financial advisor. Like, how does he give financial advice on the radio if he's not a financial advisor? He's an entertainer. He's an author, you know. And I, I used to, I didn't like the fact that Financial Peace University, when you, when you go through the uh, class, you got to pay for it. When I went through it, which was a long time ago, I think it was like 29 bucks. And then I got over that because I was like, well, yeah, I get it now. You got to have some skin in the game. If it's free, you're not going to take it seriously. You're not going to finish it, whatever. But I think once you get to where you own buildings and you're you're super successful, get to a certain point of money. And this is easy for me to say because I'm not him. You know, I mean, <laughs> what am I jealous? What is it? I don't know. But I just <laughs> think like it's a big machine. You know, he's advertising for window blinds and a credit union and identity theft and Xander insurance and all this stuff. It's like, I don't know. I mean, you, you're telling all these people not to spend a dime until they're, you know, through baby step number 68. But yet every single commercial break, you're telling them they should do all kinds of stuff. Stop that. I don't know. I mean, Anthony, you and I, we could be out there looking for sponsors for this show. You know, we're, we're paying for airtime every week. So we're doing that because we think we're doing the right thing. We think we're giving back to the community. If we start taking on sponsors, it's because either A, we have to, and we can no longer afford this, you know what I mean? Or B, we're growing. And we really need well, to make I would this only take growth. on a sponsor if it was something we absolutely, you know, I'm not selling out to. You're not just selling anyone. out. We don't want to be told what to say to people. Oh, absolutely not. Well, and real quick, I mean, if you have any sponsorship ideas for us, <laughs> keep in mind because it, it does. Yeah. If you're a small right? business and you like us and we like you, I mean, we'll yeah. take it because this show does not, <laughs> this is not cheap. Plus, it'd be fun to expand too. We still want to get on that. Uh, some other stations. Frank's on his auto. Anthony's yeah, talking to you. Start ponying up <laughs> Tower Garden. Marcy Loomis, start ponying up some uh, Tower Garden money to us. Right. By the way, real quick <laughs> shout out. Michael C., John U., Chris S. I got a bunch of our listeners that met each other last weekend. That was kind of cool. We had a little shindig at the house for Jay's graduation. And we had a few of the listeners meet each other. And it's just, it's kind of cool. Because I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they didn't know each other and now they do. And they're all one thing they have in common is they kind of like hearing some of the stuff we're saying. And by the way, you know, Michael L and Phoenix, some of these people that I give shout outs to, that's where we get some of our stuff to research and vet and verify. So we greatly appreciate when people reach out to us 
and let us know stuff we should be watching. So, and I, you know, Anthony, you said I give out people's names too often, but I don't think I can give them out often enough. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just staring at me, but we're on the radio. So I'm the only one that knows you're just staring at me. Other people don't. So I, yeah, I wasn't think... sure if you actually want me to talk to you, but should we, uh, we should probably tell everybody too, that, you know, for as much as you make fun of her, your wife, my mother, Sandy is going to be joining us in the office. So we really are expanding this as a family practice now that she's a retired teacher. So that's kind of exciting. So if you yeah. do call us at 623-523-0444, you may hear from Sandra Rochford, which is kind of exciting. But that is it for today's show. If you like what you heard, you have questions about any of the stories or topics today, you want to sit down and review it with us your personal financial situation, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web at anothermoneyshow.com. You can even book appointments straight from the website. You don't even have to call and talk to my mother. We try to avoid talking to her, and you can too, by booking an appointment <laughs> straight from our website. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> if, if you like what you've heard this show, past shows, uh, you can check out Another Money Show straight from our website. You can also find us wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. You can find our shorts um, on YouTube. Not our pants shorts, but our YouTube clip shorts. Um, remember, if you do want to sit with us, there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. We appreciate you being here. We'll see you again next Saturday at noon right here on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. In some cases, cutting costs can be as easy as adjusting the thermostat in your home. I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Hot summers and cold winters can really put a dent in your bottom line by jacking up the cost of your energy bills. But there are some things you can do to reduce those expenses that won't cost you very much, if anything at all. Paying attention to when you're turning on appliances, when you're turning on the AC, if you have a thermostat that you can program, setting that thermostat to uh, a modest temperature instead of going straight to really, really cold. Um, looking at, you know, what kind of window coverings you have. That's Sarah Baldwin with the Think Tank Energy Innovation. Some other low-cost ideas to reduce utility expenses, take shorter showers, wash your clothes in cold water, and regularly replace your HVAC's air filter. And Baldwin says there are some other changes you can make that would take more money up front. Update your um, air conditioner to the most efficient unit. A heat pump air conditioner is going to be your best bet. You can also look at replacing windows and doors. Um, those can be a bit more costly, but can have huge benefits in the long term. Along those same lines, appliance manufacturers have put more emphasis in recent years on creating products that use less water and energy than older appliances.
those energy-efficient appliances can save you a pretty penny. So, are you being energy-efficient and budget-conscious? That's a key question to consider, and it's one of the 23 retirement cost-cutters for 2023. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure.